Okay, good evening, Bitcoiners. It is Brian, the UK Bitcoin Master, back as always every Thursday with my regular UK Bitcoin Master live show. Uh, today, as this goes out, it is the 9th of December uh, 2021. Uh, the time is just gone 6 p.m. here in the United Kingdom. And just to let you all know right up front, if you were on Monday's show, you know that the internet died. We had an absolute train wreck. So whilst I don't like doing premieres, uh, because we're away for a few days, I've got no choice. This has got to go out as a premiere. So at the time of recording, it is 24 hours beforehand. It is what it is. This is going out as a premiere. So I hope you enjoy it. If I'm around, I'm going to be in the chat with you all. So hopefully I can interact uh, with you all. So as always, don't forget to pound the like button, tweet this out, share it so we can get more eyeballs on the show. And as always, strong Bitcoin hand. If you are brand new to the channel, firstly, read the disclaimer that is down here. Don't look for financial advice from me. You're not going to get it. It is just me, some crazy Brit that twice a week wants to get out on YouTube and encourage people to get themselves into the Bitcoin rabbit hole. What you need to do is get into the rabbit hole, do your own research and only then buy some Bitcoin if you feel it's right for you and then only buy what you can realistically afford to lose. Do check out my website for all the other the videos that I've done. You can see there, ukbitcoinmaster.com. That is where you're going to find all the videos I've done to date, and you can learn a heck of a lot from them. So check them out if you're new to the channel. Also, uh, rather than take any ad advice from me, check out bitcoininterviews.com, where you'll find some of the interviews I've done to date with some of the most prominent Bitcoiners in the space today. And these guys, they are really clever people, you know, so I literally run my shows and their words come through me to lend credibility to what I am saying to you all. So do check out bitcoininterviews.com. And finally, if you want to drop a few Satoshis, there's the address, uh, tipping.me at UK Bitcoin Master. If you also check out the notes sections below, if you're new to all of this, I do do consultations, either 30 minutes or 60 minutes. There are links below to where you can book both of those and they're payable in Satoshis. So check those out as well. Let me get rid of that. Um, so without further ado, let's get into the topic. The first thing I want to do, if I may, as always, is check the price. And this is 24 hours old. So I don't know what the prices right now as it's live. Uh, this is, again, as I've said, a premiere because we're away and the internet's rubbish. I'm going to say that throughout the show because people do enter the chat halfway through and go, oh, this is a recording or is this a recording? Yes, it is a premiere because I'm away from home. The internet is rubbish here. If you're on Monday's show, you'd have seen what happened. Anyway, as I'm recording this, we've got a $50,517 Bitcoin. So it's so somewhat recovered. But again, if you're new to the channel, what you're looking at here is a zoomed out chart since 2010. And you can see the growth of Bitcoin today. You'll also notice that we're currently getting 1,980 Satoshis for your dollar. So therefore, as the price goes up, we get less Satoshis. So always worth getting hold of some 
before the price starts to go on its upward trajectory as it always seems to do. Okay, so let's get that out of the way. Um, what I want to do now is I want to start to run a video. Now, if you're new to all of this, you've probably never heard of a guy called Jack Mallers. And Jack Mallers, I featured him on the show before. He's a very clever 27-year-old American who put in place something called the Strike app, which runs on the Lightning Network, which runs on the rails of Bitcoin. And Jack's a very clever guy indeed. He's been around Bitcoin 10 years. And basically, he's got a philosophy on where the world is going and all that type of stuff. And in fact, I've gone and got ahead of myself there. Let me just get up Jack's live show notes so I can... Uh, cover what Jack, what I'm going to talk about. So on this video I'm going to run, the first segment, Jack talks about the debt that youngsters are getting into today. He's referring to America, but seriously, it's all around the world. It's not just America, even though he's in America. He said the debt that youngsters are getting into today is disgusting and it's ruining society. I concur with that. Kids are choosing career paths based on paying back the debt rather than where their passions lie. Uh, people end up dying owning nothing. Jack says, take, um, take a, a tiny part of your earnings and save for the future in Bitcoin is his advice. And he also talks about how he feels it's important for everyone to have the option of opting into Bitcoin and saving for the future in an asset that where its value or its purchasing power is going to go up as opposed to uh, keeping it in the dollar or the pound or the euro or the yen, where over time your purchasing power is going to go down. So let me run the video and let's see what Jack talks about um, on this first segment. I'll, I'll actually, I'll say one more thing. I'm 27. And so everyone my age, um, the, the, the debt that kids today subscribe to in order to live what is deemed a normal life is disgusting. And it's really ruining society. Um, by the time I was 18 years old, all my friends were in six figures or at the debt to get an education. Then you choose your career path based on optimizing around paying that back, not based on pure interest, not based on where your passions live. I know kids that wanted to be a historian. I know kids that wanted to be a flag football coach in their hometown, but they are accountants because they're trying to pay off $100,000 worth of debt around the time that they're legally allowed to have a beer, which is asinine and disgusting. And then by the time they pay off that debt, they have a, a wife that wants a big house. And then they subscribe to more debt in the form of a mortgage, in the form of a car note. And you end up dying owning nothing. You end up owning your education that you got when you were a teenager by the time you're 40. And you end up dying not owning your house that you raised your kids in. And then the decisions you make in your life, who you decide to marry, how you decide to spend your time, what job you decide to lean into and invest in is not your decision anymore. It's optimized around the debt that owns you. And so my pitch to everyone my age too is that like start saving Take, take a percentage of your paycheck that isn't required to eat and to pay your phone bill and, and just toggle on strike and save it. And, and, and it allows you to escape the debt cycle and have a life that's optimized around you and your interests. And so that's why I think it's important everyone in America has that option. Very, very clever guy. Um, 
And when you see what he's doing with Strike, how he feels that Strike is going to, you know, take all the market away from PayPal, Visa, etc. How he went down to El Salvador and worked with President Bukele down there to get Bitcoin up and running, Lightning up and running, the Chivo wallet up and running. People, listen, this is a very, very clever young kid. And this kid's got the most incredible future ahead of him. If you're watching this and you're a youngster, take a leaf out of his book. And that is don't just subscribe to this. Go and get an education. Get yourself into debt and then spend the rest of your life paying that debt off. Don't go and get a job where a boss owns your life. They'll pay you what they think you're worth and not what you're truly worth. Learn how to manage what you've got coming in and set aside just a small amount every payday and put it into Bitcoin and allow that to grow so that you can, I believe, become the person that we were put on this earth to become, as opposed to becoming the person that we become based on having no money and being stressed all the time and hating the job we've got to go to because we've got to pay a mortgage or or rent. And that is how most people live their lives. And the, the sad fact is, you know, most people, they get to retirement age and they either die or they're dead broke and they haven't even got enough money to bury themselves. And, you know, you don't need to be in that position in today's modern world if you discover and understand what Bitcoin can do for you and your family and understand that over time, if you keep your money in the bank, its value's going down. If you hold your money in Bitcoin over time, your value value is going to go up, i.e. we're rolling the clock back to what my gran used to uh, advise me to do, and that is save for a rainy day, save for the future, save for your retirement. And Bitcoin encourages you to save because you know know its value is going to go up over time and not down. And I think that's fantastic. Now, Jack was talking to the the author of the Bitcoin Standard, probably the Bitcoin Bible right now, written by Dr. Saifedina Moose. So he was chatting with Saifedine and Saifedine's coming up next. And he's got a really interesting take on how Michael Saylor from MicroStrategy started getting him to look at things differently because he's saying, and I read it out, he talks about how he is rethinking everything he has ever taught about not getting into fiat debt or getting rid of fiat debt. Um, And he says that Michael Saylor has made him think, think so differently. And he said he wrote the Bitcoin standard. Now he's just finished writing the fiat standard. And he says writing the fiat standard also helped him to rethink that. He said, if you have fiat assets, you subsidize fiat debt and the other way around. And he said, the richest, most powerful people in the world have the most debt against those assets, which means they avoid paying the taxes. So why is it that the richer get richer? Because they understand that you never spend or sell your asset, particularly a pristine asset like Bitcoin. What you do is you borrow against that asset and you cannot be taxed on a borrowed debt. So if you borrow money, say at 5% interest rate, but Bitcoin's going up an average of 150, 170% a year, would you rather own the debt 
okay, that's losing money or an asset that's going up close to 200% a year and you buy that asset with fiat crappy currency that you know you maybe take a loan at 5% against and it's going up 170%. It doesn't take the brains of a rocket scientist to know that you are going to make money over time by buying and holding Bitcoin as opposed to holding crappy fiat currencies. So, you know, I don't advocate go out and get yourself into debt and buy Bitcoin. I really don't. And I haven't done that. I've only um, invested into Bitcoin what I could afford to lose. But here's what I am telling you. As the next few years evolve, I am looking for ways to borrow using crappy fiat against my Bitcoin uh, and use Bitcoin as the collateral to borrow money to live off and, you know, buy houses and, you know, cars or whatever we want to do and travel without giving the governments of wherever we live their 20, 30, 40% taxes, which they're going to come after. So listen to what, let's listen to what Saifedean Moose has to say in this segment. This is kind of uh, counter to something that I, I, I wanted to mention to you, uh, Jack, when you were saying, you know, you're trying to get your friends not to get into debt. You know, after Michael said, I used to be one of these people that always, you know, told everybody you should be out of debt. But honestly, Michael Sader and um, his kind of strategy will kind of force you to rethink that. And writing the Fiat Standard also helped me rethink that because um, Fiat is designed to devalue. So if you don't have Fiat debt, if you have Fiat assets, then uh, you're subsidizing people who have Fiat debt. And if you have Fiat debt, you're basically um, benefiting from the way that the system works. Government. What does he mean by that? If you've got fiat debt and the government are inflating it away and eventually something happens with the currency and it collapses, then your debt disappears with it. I think that's what he's really saying here. So, you know, if you've got your, uh, you know, de your debt in, in, a, in, a, in a fiat currency and, you know, right now, if you're not aware of it and most regular people aren't aware of it, you know, a lot of currencies, the British pound, the American dollar, etc., they're in deep trouble. They're, they're, they're sort of trapped because they're printing money like mad. They can't afford to raise interest rates as everything collapses, the bond markets go. So therefore, you know, they're completely trapped. And it means that nations, um, you know, populations will eventually get sick and tired and they'll lose complete trust in the currency in governments. So this is what's going to play out over time. And I think that's what Saifedean is referring to here. Are indebted, banks are indebted. The richest, most powerful people in the world are the ones who have the most debt. And you want to be on their team. That's why there's inflation, because it's always reducing the amount of financial liabilities that they have, reducing the real value of the financial liabilities that they have. So it's going to suck for people who hold savings. Yeah. So who do you know holds regular savings and are moaning that their savings are giving them no returns? At least tell them about an asset that is growing, you know, an average of 150, 60, 170 percent a year. I can't quite remember the figures. You know, I've recently reached out to my in-laws and just at least told them what I'm doing and the type of returns that are possible, not guaranteed, of course. Nothing in life is guaranteed bar death and taxes. We know that. But, you know, equally, these people that have got their savings and they're seeing them dwindle away could be enjoying crazy returns 
if they take that initial gamble on the fact that Bitcoin is going to continue to grow, continue to go up over time, which, you know, when you do your own research, you'd be you'd be remiss to say, well, no, it's not going to go up over time because more and more, um, you know, Institutions are piling in ETFs, uh, uh, futures ETFs are already approved and spot ETFs will be coming. You know, banks can now start custodying people's Bitcoin, etc. The whole thing's moving in the direction that when you understand it is not going backwards, it is going forward with innovation. So, you know, we owe it to those people that have got regular savings to at least make them aware of what is out there. It to help their savings. And then if they decline and say, no, that's okay, at least we told them about it. Let's continue. But there's very, very few people in the world who hold cash savings at this point. And some those still who do. do are constantly witnessing their value disappear. Um, so it, uh, you know, everybody should take on as much debt that creates more fiat, stack as much Bitcoin as you can. And uh, that, that that's how we upgrade. I think this is this is how we upgrade from fiat to Bitcoin. Just um, uh, just make sure that you're not the one uh, left holding the fiat bag at the end. If everybody gets in fiat debt, we just transition to Bitcoin. Everybody has Bitcoin. Okay, so not a disclaimer here, but I'm not saying you should go out and get into debt. And I don't think he's really saying that, you know, because what you don't want to do is load credit cards and take out loans you can't pay back. I think, you know, um, I've got to be very careful what I say here um, because I don't want to be seen as giving any type of financial advice. What he's actually saying as somebody that wrote this book, The Bitcoin Standard and now The Fiat Standard, and he is an economist coming from the Austrian school of, you know, an Austrian eco economist school of thinking, sorry, um, is, you know, fiat debt, you know, can get you a return, an asset that is pristine, uh, that could change your family's life forever, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now. We haven't got a crystal ball. We don't know that. But I, I'm certainly not going to say go out and get loads of debt, people. That's not what I'm saying. I think what I would say is whatever you can tighten your belt on and buy Bitcoin instead of buying that extra TV or that new car or, you know, that holiday or whatever it might be. And you put that into Bitcoin and be very, very frugal and very, very sensible. You could actually put yourself in a really good financial position uh, down the road. So the last clip is from Jack again. And what he's talking about here is he doesn't want his friends to become victims of typical debt, but to make better use of debt where they can improve their finances over time. He says, uh, debt against an appreciating asset, which is what I've been referring to here, can be a great strategy to build wealth, but most don't understand this. You know, I'm going to be honest, when I got into Bitcoin, I did not understand what positive debt was, and I didn't understand that the rich and wealthy, they never sell or use or you know their assets. They lend against their assets at crazy low interest rates, and then they never pay tax because you cannot pay tax on a debt. So you keep your asset. That, that grows over time. OK, but your debt, you're paying off bit by bit at a very, very low interest rate. 
and they can't ever tax you on it, but you can use that money. And for me, if I was simplifying it for the, the working class people that I mix with and talk to that follow this show, it might be you borrow 150 grand and you use 100 grand to give you a couple of years wages, but the other 50 grand is what you use to pay the monthly payments. And then as your Bitcoin climbs a couple of hundred percent over a couple of years, you take out another loan, you pay down the original loan, but you pay, take out more this time because your Bitcoin is appreciated. And then you pay your loan down and you use the remainder to live for another year or two. And then you get another loan and pay off the first loan. Do you see what I mean? And to me, that makes a whole bunch of sense because over time, my Bitcoin, every four or five years, we've gone from 2017, you know, Bitcoin at 20, 19,800. And now at 2021, we've seen a 68,000 Bitcoin. We're going to see 100,000. Kathy Wood on my previous show, the video I ran, talked about all the on-chain and analytics and figures say that Bitcoin will be around half a million dollars in four to five years from now. You know, think about that. So that's where I'm coming from, from a, you know, a common sense perspective. Don't go out and be reckless. But how can I, whoever I is, you know, get more Bitcoin by tightening my belt, taking a second job, you know, or whatever it might be, um, and then holding that and being frugal for a period of time. That is really where I'm coming from. So let's last run this last clip from Jack. Yeah, I think uh, on, on the concept of my friends in debt, I agree with you. I think that uh, maybe a way to put it is I don't want them to be a victim of debt. I wish that they would weaponize and use, make use of the debt in a more additive way. Like maybe they want to coach flag football and they should just run up every single credit card and debt instrument that they can so that they can. And I don't agree with that. I mean, maybe I'm wrong to disagree with that. I don't know. But, you know, as a cautious person all the way through my life, you know, I've lived through, you know, financial debt and 30 creditors calls a day and couldn't pay my bills and had to sell our beautiful home near the ocean to end up getting out of the financial mess we were in. That was long before Bitcoin. And, and I had to go through the process of, you know, ignoring my phone when it constantly rang creditors asking for money. And it was just a horrific time for me for five or six years. So, you know, I, I sort of, although I'm, you know, Jack's, what he's saying, what he's really saying is, I don't know what he's really saying, but I don't advocate going out and loading all your credit cards and taking out big loans and just getting in deep into debt. And you know, it's just a horrible place to be. So I'm not advocating that. Die with debt and they can live their true passions. But I'm Okay, now I do say get debt and then die with debt. What does that mean? Positive debt against your Bitcoin, okay, um, that you live off, but you've got the asset that is keeping you wealthy. And then when you die, you've got that debt that's got to be cleared first before your descendants get, you know, your estate, which means whatever you've got in debt has to be chunked off that they can't charge your family inheritance or capital gains tax against, which means your family get more of your asset that's left. I think I'm right in saying that. Look, people, I've said this. The disclaimer is I don't give financial advice. I'm just trying to think out loud to get the regular people that come on my show to, to, to sort of not be reckless, but to understand, you know, that there is a way of doing this if you learn how to do it, where you can die with debt against your asset that your family can have. And the more debt you've got, 
the debt is written off against the asset and your family won't have to pay their capital gains or inheritance tax um, on your estate. I think I'm right in saying that. So that's where I'm coming from. So I'm, you know, Jack's sort of talking. He's a young guy. You know, go out there and get all the debt you can, load your credit cards. I'm not saying go do that. Fortunately, debt, they become a victim of debt with the assumption that they have to pay it back. Little do they know that their favorite left-wing president is going to run this country into debt and have no no intention of ever paying it back. So anyway, I, I do agree. Um, but unfortunately, every 25-year-old is under the impression that their debt needs to be paid back. And uh, they're, it's it, unless you find something like Bitcoin, you're enabled to outpace inflation and, and, uh, and the life around you and the harder assets around you um, by being an accountant and saving in a savings account. Okay, so what is Jack saying there? Bitcoin is outpacing inflation with its growth. What do I mean by that? If you're a regular person watching this, not like me from a financial background, okay, if you get, say, a 3% pay increase from your job, but inflation goes up and it's 6% higher, you may be 3% better off in wages, but it's gone up 6%. So you're actually 3% worse off. If you've got a Bitcoin asset that's growing at nearly 200% a year, that is outstripping inflation like crazy. Does that make some kind of sense, people? So um, what he's referring to there is the president, they're almost running countries into the ground. So the, the currencies collapse and there's got to be a reset. And if you, if you do have any type of debt, then that debt would die, is what he's really saying there in loose terms. But I'm going to finish this segment off again. Uh, my disclaimer is don't go and get yourself into deep debt and, and then have, you know, worries. You know, if you had deep debt and it was three, four, five years before any of these collapses took place and you've got what I went through for five or six years, you don't want that. It's the most stressful thing on earth. It really is. Uh, but I thought I, that was quite interesting. It was interesting what um, Saifedina Moose was saying as well. So hopefully that might give some of you um, food for thought if you uh, understand what I mean. Uh, let's uh, shoot on over now to the desktop very quickly. Quickly, Shill Matthew's book, The Bitcoin Book, The Beginner's uh, Guide to the Future of Finance. Well worth a read or a listen. It's on Amazon and Audible as well. Do check it out if you're brand new to all of this. It's a very, very, very easy read. Um, that's the Bitcoin book. Also, Bitcoin to the Moon is selling his digital asset portfolio. He's a friend of mine down in Australia. You know, this has got so much that, you know, a, a Bitcoin whale would love to get their hands on. Number one, the website, the domain name, BitcoinToTheMoon.com, BTCToTheMoon.com, as well as these logos, everything's copyrighted and other stuff as well. So if you know a whale, if you've got any connections to a Bitcoin whale that might have 100, 200, 500, 1,000 Bitcoins, they may very well be interested in getting their hands on the domain name, BitcoinToTheMoon.com, because everyone talks about when is Bitcoin going to the moon? Um, it's a phrase that runs throughout the Bitcoin uh, community. And if people knew there was a, a domain name, BitcoinToTheMoon.com and others that they could get their hands on. It's a bit like in the UK, we can buy cherished registration plates for our cars, personalized plates. 
And, you know, if there's, you know, certain letters and numbers, you know, they can be worth £3,000 or you may have something C-O-L-1-N that says Colin and it will cost you £67,000. And it's a bit like BitcoinToTheMoon.com is a fantastic domain name for somebody to get their hands on. Okay, so I've got some tweets as always. I found this one from Samson Mal, which I thought is superb. Approval of a spot ETF would send Bitcoin to $1 million per coin over a few days. That's his opinion. He's a very clever guy. Uh, Gary Gensler and the SEC don't want to be the ones responsible for sending Bitcoin to the moon. There we go. There's that domain name again. Um, so it says, Gary Gensler, uh, Tom Emmer says, Gary Gensler, I'm still waiting on your response to our November the 3rd letter asking you to make sense of why Bitcoin futures ETFs are allowed to trade, but Bitcoin spot price is not. And Samson Mao is saying, because if a spot ETF price is approved, Bitcoin's going to a million dollars. And that could be the final nail in the coffin of the US dollar governments and the like. So maybe they're going to string this along for a lot longer. Maybe that's why the SEC won't launch a spot ETF. Um, Sean, Big Sean Harris um, tweeted, it's eventually going to get to a point where all models are destroyed and Bitcoin does, doesn't look similar to 2013 or 2017 anymore, i.e. a super cycle. A lot of people are saying now with the corrections we've had in 2021 that maybe we're no longer going to see the halving then a massive bull run, then a huge 90, 80% correction and two-year bear market before the next halving. Maybe we're going to see this constant flow, ebb and flow of a pump up, a pullback, a pump up, a pullback, a pump up, a pullback, but it's just simply going up uh, without this four-year cycle. None of us know. We haven't got a crystal ball. That is just Sean's viewpoint but a lot of people tend to agree with that view. But again, don't bank on it. Don't rely on it. Get yourself in a place where if you invest, expect an 80 to 90% drawdown, then a, a bear market before the 2024 halving comes around again. And if you prepare for the worst and it doesn't happen, you've got yourself in a good place. I love this tweet from Daniel Prince. He's been on my show, a Brit that's got out of the crazy UK and now living somewhere else in the world, freedom with his family. He tweeted something so simple, but so very profound. And that is um, Bitcoin fundamental analysis, 21 million. And then it says there, that's all folks. That is it. That is the uniqueness of a money, a hard, sound, uncorruptible money that there'll never be more than 21 million of that is going to have to service 8 billion people on the planet. And I want you to think about that. If Bitcoin is the base layer of money, okay, you've got to divide 8 billion people into those Bitcoin are out left, maybe 18 million when it's all done and dusted in 100 years, because 3 million are probably gone forever with people losing their private keys, etc. That is what is going to drive the price of Bitcoin through the millions and millions mark over time. That's the important bit. So Bitcoin fundamental analysis, 
21 million. That is it, folks. What a simple but really profound tweet. Bitcoin Gandalf. I found this one. It says, remember the lost key. You won't, you know, you won't know this if you're new. Remember the lost keys incident that happened to the second largest Ethereum 2.0 staking pool back in May and June. What this means is this thing won't happen in Bitcoin. So if you play around with other coins, Ethereum and the like, you are taking a chance that something might go wrong. And there's a bit there highlighted in blue, which maybe you should read. Um, I'm abroad, uh, abroad. I'm on location. Um, that's quite small, so I'm not going to try and read it out. So you should be taking a screenshot or trying to read it. But the baseline is... You put your money anywhere else than Bitcoin, and whilst Bitcoin could fail, it's not going to, but it could. I mean, I can't say it's not going to. Of course I can't, but there's a high probability, 99% upwards, it's not going to. But, you know, when you're dealing with a coin that is centralized, there is a central point of failure with somebody that runs that coin offices that can be shut down, computers that can be confiscated, etc. You are risking your family's hard-earned money into something that could have, you know, this staking pool issue that happened with ETH 2.0. That's why I put my money in Bitcoin. I had Ethereum and I got out and put that into Bitcoin pretty quickly. Uh, so I'm not giving you any advice on what you should and shouldn't invest in, you know, but... I hear a lot of stories that make me feel very comfortable that I'm in Bitcoin of what could very well happen in the DeFi space um, with the SEC, etc. We could see something similar to 2017 where the ICO craze went. People invested all their money into ICOs and many of them got closed down by the SEC. The SEC have already given Bitcoin the green light to stay, to grow, to thrive. It's a property, not a security. da de da de da de da it's about you doing your own research again, but Bitcoin Gandalf is just pointing that one out. And then finally, this one. Thank you for Barefoot Barry down in New Zealand. We had a chat the other day on Zoom and he came out with a phrase that I've never heard before. And it's something to, similar to these. Think about this, people. Tough times create strong men. So when things are tough, we get hardened. Strong men then create easy times. Easy times then create weak men. And then weak men go and create tough times. You must raise warriors. I love this. Bitcoiners are warriors. We understand how we need to, one Bitcoiner at a time, touch as many people as we can and build a stronger world full of warriors. Sure, you're going to have the 80 or 90 percenters that are going to follow the herd, follow the masses. You know, I've learned from many millionaires and billionaires that if you want success in life, observe what the masses are doing and run the other way. The masses are laughing at Bitcoin, sneering at Bitcoin, don't understand it, won't take the time to try and understand it. And then they want to tell you you're the crazy one. I'm telling you now, those people that are ignoring all of this are going to be proved as the crazy ones over time. Let me give you an analogy. And I'm not, I'm not, um, I don't 
you know, I'm a Christian, but I don't preach Christianity as such. But I liken this, and I've said this before, to everybody laughing and sneering at Noah, you know, when he was building his ark. He's a fruitcake. He's a nutcase. They laughed at him. They scorned at him. But who turned out to be the smart ones at the end of the day in that biblical story? And I believe we're the modern day knowers and we're trying to reach out to people and get them to catch the vision of what these corrupt banks and governments are doing, how they're crashing the economies because they want a global reset, a digital global currency where they own your life if you want their digital currency to live and survive. And in a heartbeat, if you say something you shouldn't on social media, if you miss one of your payments to a government body they're instantly all over you and they're locking you down until you pay it and or you can't say that or you can't do that and I don't want to live in that Orwellian authoritarian world and my hedge against that is Bitcoin and I encourage you all to do your own research as to why you should make that your hedge as well so I love this you've got to raise warriors And I really feel like a Bitcoin educator stroke warrior. So my quote of the day, and you know me in quotes, I love them. I came across this one. I've used this before, by the way. There's a difference between interest and commitment. When you are interested in in doing something, you do it only when circumstances allow you to do it. When you're committed to something, you accept no excuses, only results. And I liken that to people saying, I don't have the time to learn about Bitcoin. Make the time. Don't live by excuses. Don't get 10 or 15 or 20 years down the road and live with regret because you made excuses where it is more enjoyable to watch some rubbish on the TV now. My daughter picked me up on this. She said, Dad, but sometimes you tell me you're watching something. I do. But I also give two to three hours each day to learning about Bitcoin, even if it's half an hour a day. It is 30 minutes where you watch your TV programs 30 minutes later and you commit. There we are again. You know, if you're committed, you don't take prisoners, you don't take make excuses. You're committed just 30 minutes a day to learning a little bit. That's all you really need to do. So people, um, I'm sorry this is a premiere, but we are away and I have had internet uh, problems on Monday's show. So today, as this is premiering, it is the 9th of December 2021. I'm sorry it is a premiere. Uh, We are back or I'm back in the studio for Monday's show. I've got a live guest coming up next Thursday that I'm telling you, you won't want to miss. This is a big personality in the Bitcoin space. This is somebody that a lot of people follow, a lot of people listen to, and I hope you come and join me for that. I'll be announcing my guest for next Thursday on Monday's show. So until then, again, I'll leave you with my social media links, everyone. Do like this video if you're new, subscribe to the channel, bash the bell button, and then click all so you're notified every time I go live, every Monday, every Thursday, 6 p.m. UK time, that is. Um, If you're on the podcast, thank you for listening. Please share this where you listen. If you're on YouTube, the squares will come up. 
somewhere over here, I believe, um, after the show's been 24 hours old. Um, that is it. Have a great morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are. Check out the notes section below if you're new to my channel and you want a consultation payable in Satoshis. Um, the details are down below. Beyond that, I'm out of here. I'll be back on Monday, 6 p.m. London. I'll leave you with my social media links, people. Thanks for supporting me, even through the trials and tribulations of trying to run, run a live stream when I am in a crappy uh, timeshare resort. But it is what it is. I'll see you all on Monday.